Just want to thank you, Lord. Might be my favorite song you do, Bryson, but probably not. There's so many. <laughs> We're meeting uh, Revelation chapter 2 tonight. Revelation chapter 2. Sorry, I put an S on it the first time I said it. It's not more than one person's revelation. It's just Jesus' revelation. So Revelation chapter 2. We're not, not preaching prophecy, I promise. <laughs> not tonight. Um, but uh, uh, Revelation chapter 2, uh, the, the, this is the start of um, Jesus' revelation to John. Uh, John over there in, on the Isle of Patmos. And this is uh, where he uh, reveals to him the, the, what he sees in the seven churches uh, in Asia. Um, I think that all seven churches, you would find churches like those in this world today, if you looked at it. But there, you could also look at it prophetically, too, that this first church that we're going to deal with tonight is Ephesus, the church of Ephesus. And that would also uh, coincide with the early church, the first church there that, that we uh, see in the Scripture. But I want to focus on, on us tonight, on our, our lives. I want to focus on you, your individual lives, my individual life, and our relationship with God. And I was uh, reading this Scripture and... I know that when we get to this, you'll, you'll, it probably stands out to you. It'd stand out to you if I read the scripture here. The, I think this verse that stands out to me will probably stand out to you as well. And I think that we, if we examine ourselves in our lives, we need to see if, if this applies to our lives. But anyway, um, it says, uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write... These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. We see the seven stars there, the pastors of these churches. If you look into that, the, look into uh, chapter 1 where it talks about the, he, he kind of goes over this a little bit in chapter 1. The seven stars are the pastors of those, these seven churches because it talks about the angel, which an angel is a messenger. And these seven stars are the messengers. These are the pastors of these seven churches in, in Ephesus. He, and he's talking about, he's, he's writing this letter to the pastor of Ephesus, of Ephesus, the church in Ephesus. And it says, then he walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. That means he's walking in the spirit among the churches. If you think about that, he is walking in the midst of the Westside Baptist Church tonight. He's walking up and down the avenues of our hearts and our souls tonight. He's walking up and down the aisles of our church in spirit. And he's examining what's going on in the churches. And that's what he's doing here. And this is what he's writing about. He says, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast uh, tried them which are say they are apostles and are not and are not, and has found them liars. Now they're 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 laboring here in, in Ephesus, the church of Ephesus. We read that here that they're laboring with patience, but they're also doing doing a good work because the apostles apostle means sent ones, those that are sent. And what they're doing is they're 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 um, 
We're not talking, we, I think there's a, the office of the apostle and then there's the apostleship, those that are sent with a message to the church. Well, the church in Ephesus, they were calling these people out that were coming to Ephesus to preach and they were only coming there for the money so to speak. You ever seen, you ever, you know some of them, don't you? And they'll, they'll, they'll take any appointment, any engagement, as long as they're making some money, or as long as they're making profit off of it. And the people in Ephesus, they're like, no, buddy, you're doing this for the wrong reasons. You're out of here. And they're, they're doing, doing good. And I like how Jesus addresses this. He tells them the good things that they're doing, but then he comes along and says, but then you got this, okay? But so he, he sees those apostles. He, he says, you're not apostles. You're not sent by God. You're doing this for the wrong motives. You are liars, is what, he, what it says he's telling them. And it says, and has borne and has patience, and for my namesakes has labored and has not fainted. So he says, you're laboring. You're doing, you're doing all the work. You're doing, oh, you're doing an abundance of work. You're working hard. You're working, working, working. And you're not fainting. He said, I commend you in that, that you're working. But, verse 4, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. I wanted to talk tonight about the first, our first love. Now, Ephesus, if you look at this church in Ephesus, it, it, you can probably picture today uh, of some of these churches in the world today that their parking lots are full. They got every program and everything going on in their church. They're laboring hard and they're doing so much. They're doing, a, it looks like they're, from the outside, it looks like, man, they're just a well-oiled machine. They're doing everything that they can for the Lord. They're doing it. But had they left their first love? That's what the Ephesus church was. They looked like on the outside, they looked like everything was fine and everything was good, but... They had left their first love. Their motives were just that they were doing it. They were doing what they've always done, right? I mean, you get caught up in your traditions, so, so to speak. You think, uh, this is the way we've always done it. We have to do it this way. Well, they're caught up in the traditions of you know, making sure that their youth program was just on, t on fire for the Lord. or not. Well, on, on fire, you know, they were... They were it didn't matter what, what was going on as long as I got 800 youth coming on Wednesday night. You know what I'm saying? I didn't care about, uh, I maybe didn't care so much about what, what was being taught to those young people, maybe, but they had a bunch of young people there. And maybe they're the church that, that they plan every event and everything, and every, they got 100 buses running up and down the road picking up people and taking them to church. But... Their motives are all wrong. It's just for the numbers. It's just to make it look good. Hey, we're one of the biggest churches in town, and, and look at what we're doing. Look at us. Look at me. Look at me. And they left their first love. I want us to examine our lives and examine our hearts to know if we have left our first love. I think about uh, it's kind of like what Josh had ended his sermon this morning. I told him, I went up to him, I said, shut up, man, you're getting into my message now. <laughs> he was talking about how I think God, I think, I think Jesus Christ would love it if, we're, if we would just sit back and just wait on the Lord, wait on Him. I'm talking about when He's here, 
Let's meet with him. Let's not be too busy about going about doing everything and everything where we miss Jesus, where we miss the opportunity to sit un- at the feet of Jesus and listen to him and, and learn from him. Now, I know there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the church, but I'm just saying don't waste your time doing those things and leaving and drifting away from the Lord. This is, I think, think about... I think about the church. I think about, I think about Mary and Martha over in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. I better mark my place before I lose it. Mark, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. It's a big deal, right? God's come into the house, you know? God's coming. I better make, that's what we were talking about that. Me and April was talking about it on the way home today. April's like, oh man, now I gotta clean the house. Now I gotta go do this. I gotta, do, I gotta make, sure that, make sure that everything that's dirty is at least hidden where he can't see it because God's coming over, right? I'm sure Martha's like, Jesus is coming. We gotta clean this place up. And it says in verse 39, she said, uh, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet. And heard his word. And Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Now I want you, I want you to hear what Jesus said. Jesus said, answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. See, listen, this is, I think sometimes we get so caught up and busy about the things that are going on around us that we miss Jesus when he's there. If you're missing Jesus when you're here, I'm telling you, you need to just put away the other things. It might not even be, I'm just, just to be honest, it might not be just church work. It might be your mind so busy thinking about things that are going on in life, things that are troubling you for outside of these four walls. It may be the things that, that are hindering you day after day after day, and you're missing Jesus when he's here. Jesus says, Mary, now, Martha, you can go clean up the kitchen, but I'm telling you, you need to be here at my feet. You need to be right here where Mary is, because these are the things that are needful, he said. These these are the things that are going to last forever. These are the things that she can carry with her forever. I don't care, Martha, that your house is dirty. I don't care if them dishes are washed right now. What I do care about is your relationship with me. And I think about I think about our first love. I, I started thinking about that, you know, February 16, 1992. Me and April first started dating. You know, I love April. I mean, that's 32 years. We first started dating. This coming Wednesday, it'll be, let me get it right, 26 years married. <laughs> Praise the Lord. My love, that's my love. But you know what? I, I think about this. You can ask April, and I'm not testifying to anything that she wouldn't testify to. It ain't always been easy, has it, babe? It's not always been easy. There's been times where she's had to tell me, or I've had to tell her, we may live in the same house, but we seem distant, right? Drifting away a little bit. 
What do I got to do to cultivate this marriage? What do I got to do? I can talk to her on the phone. I can, I mean, <laughs> you think about <laughs> back when I was, we were dating. <laughs> We were dating. We couldn't get together because we weren't driving yet because we were that young. And I loved her. And I, you know, sitting there, I remember I woke up to the dial tone on the phone. You know what I mean? That's what woke me up in the middle of the night because she, she woke up and hung up before I did, right? <laughs> it's like, uh, y'all don't know about that dial tone, you cell phone users. <laughs> Had that phone stuck up to my ear, laying on the pillow like this, and both of us fell asleep. She just happened to wake up and hang up before I did. But I lasted longer than she did, didn't I? I was on the phone longer. Right? I'm telling you, we'd stay up, talk on the phone. Tell you, couldn't wait to be with her. Couldn't wait to get to come to church and see my, my love, you know. But she wasn't my first love. Mm-mm. I think about May 15th, 1978. I don't remember it, but I was born to my mother. I was born to her. And she loves me, I guess. She, she's saying yes. She's saying yes. She loves me. She raised me. Listen, my mom brought me to church. My mom made sure I was here. The influence of a good papa and mamma told her, you can get that boy in church. Dad was on the road. Dad drove a truck for a living. Dad wasn't here. Mama brought me to church. I was here. You know what? She loved me. She brought me to church. I am here. I am here today. I can honestly say because my mother made sure I was at church. Wednesday, I was at church. Sunday morning at Sunday school, I was at church. Might have been late, but I was there. Sunday morning, I was there. Sunday night, I was there. I might have been laying back, I think about right back there where Sabrina and Danny are. I might have been laying under that pew right there. While Papa's sitting on the other end, Mamma's sitting on sitting beside him, Mama's sitting there, and I might be getting in trouble talking or whatever. I might be like that little one right there. You see him fall right here earlier? He's up here in the choir making all kinds of noise. I might have been like that, but I was at church, right? Because my mama loved me. But my mama was not my first love. <clears throat> I think about my first love. Who is our first love? First uh, John, First John four nineteen. <laughs> we love him because he first loved us, right? He loved me a long time ago, right, Aiden? Jeremiah chapter thirty one verse three says, "I." He said this about you. Not just me. He said it's about you. All these verses tonight, I may be talking about myself, but listen, it's about you too, all right? I'm I'm just getting personal with it. I'm just talking about me because I can only speak for me. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. I have loved thee with an everlasting love. (laughs) Right? Everlasting love. He wrote that before I was born. Do you know that? He wrote that before you was born too. He wrote that a long time ago. He might have been talking to Jeremiah, but he was talking to me too. He was saying, you know what? You, you put your faith in Jesus Christ. You've been adopted into my family. Now you can call me Abba Father, and I love you with an everlasting love. Praise God, He loves me. 
with an everlasting love. Do I deserve it? Not one bit. Do I, do, did I ever do anything to earn it? No, I did not. But He loves me because He is my first love. My first love. He loved me before I loved Him. And I only, that's 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, I love Him because He first loved me. I'm telling you, if you're in your, if you are, if you didn't start, if you started your uh, yearly Bible reading plan uh, at the 1st of January, you read some of this scripture I'm fixing to go through probably yesterday, if you're on the right day. Isaiah chapter 40, I was thinking about this also when I read this scripture, just through our, our daily reading plan, we just happened to be on Isaiah chapter 40 through verse 44. It's a long read, wasn't it? It was. There's some good stuff in there. And uh, I'm gonna, Isaiah chapter 40, I'm going to go from Isaiah chapter 40 to 44, just like, a, or maybe 43. I don't know how far we'll get. But I want you to see who our first love is. I want you to feel it. All right? We're not saved by feelings, but sometimes when you, like I was talking about me and April earlier, it's been, we get distant sometimes. Sometimes it feels like we might be living in the same house and we might love each other, but it don't feel like it did in 1992 when I was t had them tingly feelings talking on the phone all the time, right? And everybody's been there. I'm not just pulling my marriage out and sh shining a light on their marriage. You've been there. You've been married long enough. You'll see those feelings. You ain't tingly all the time. It ain't all about feelings. That's a choice to love somebody. And I love her with all my heart. I do. And she loves me the same. And I'm telling you what, with Jesus, it's the same way. It might not be a tingly feeling all the time, and it might not feel great all the time, but I'm telling you what, if you want to re rejuvenate that relationship and that love with God, spend some time with Him. Take Him out somewhere. To, take Him out to the river somewhere and set up a picnic blanket and, and just talk to the Lord, whatever it may be. I'm telling you what, I, I, just, I just picture us just, just drifting away from the Lord. I see us just moving further and further away from the Lord. I see that in, in people's lives. And I'm like, just come back. Just come back. I'm telling you what, the Lord wants you. He wants you to be in a good relationship with Him. He wants you to have a right relationship with Him. He wants you to know He loves you and He cares about you. And He wants you close to Him. I'm telling you what, it's, I love... I love the Lord, and, and I hope that you can see that. I hope that you can see tonight the things that maybe we forgot about, the things that maybe have, have hindered us in our relationship with Him because we forgot who God is. We forgot who our first love is. We're not as connected to Him as we used to be. We need to re, get reconnected to Him and see who He is and know who He is, understand who He is, and know that He loves us with an everlasting love. He loves us.
us because it not, and we love Him not because I did anything, but because He loved me first. Because He sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. John 15, 13, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. You are my friend if you do whatsoever I command you. I'm telling you, I love the Lord. He died for me. I love Jesus. I love God because of who He is and what He's done. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse, verse 10, Behold, the Lord God will come with the strong hand, and His arm shall rule over Him. Behold, His reward is with Him, and His work before Him. He shall feed His flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with His arms and carry them in His bosom. That's me and you. We're the flock. <laughs> He's coming. Look, he says, Behold, the Lord will come with a strong hand and His arm will, shall rule for Him. I'm telling you what, and He's going to carry us in His bosom and shall gently lead those that are, are with young. Who, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of His hand and meted out heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in the balance. Look how great that He is. That he can weigh the mountains on a scale. He can hold the water in the palm of His hand. He's the creator of the, of the heavens and the earth. He's the creator of you and me. He loves us with an everlasting love that will never die, that will never go away. And verse 18, to whom then will ye liken God? Or what likeness will ye compare unto Him? Who can compare to God? Nobody can compare to God. Nobody can love me like God loves me. Nobody can do for me what God's done for me. Nobody can. Mama can't. April can't. Nobody can do for me what God's done for me. And He loves me with an everlasting love. I'm telling you what, I'd have quit loving me a long time ago. I don't know why April still does it, to be honest with you. But I love her, and He loves me, right? And I thank God that He still loves me, and He puts up with me because He loves me with an everlasting love. <laughs> Uh, verse 21, have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is He that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are, uh, are as grasshoppers that stretches out the heavens and, as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent in, in, to dwell in. So this, here's God sitting on the circle of the earth. Get this picture. You go out you go out in the country somewhere and you look up in the sky. You see all them stars. I did it last night. Saw that big moon last night behind that cloud. And I'll tell you what, you think about God. What He did was He just pulled that over like a curtain. That stuff you look at in the sky tonight, those stars, that moon, that sun, He just took it like a curtain and it just closed the curtain. I'm telling you, I'm, that's God. That's the God that I serve. He's in control of it all. He sits on the circle of the earth. You know what them people out there say? The earth is flat. Well, the Bible tells me He sits on the circle of the earth. It ain't flat. It's a circle. I'm telling you what, that's God. He says... Uh, verse, let's see, verse, chapter 41, verse uh, 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. 
Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Listen, that God that sits on the circle of the earth, that God who spread out the the sky, the, the stars in the sky like a curtain, that same God right there says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, because I'm not here. I will hold you. I will uphold you in my right hand. Oh, I will hold you in the right hand of my righteousness. He said, verse 13, for I am the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand. He said, I'll hold your right hand. He said, I'll hold you by the hand, saying unto the earth, fear not, I will help thee. The God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who's in control of it all, he will help me. That's my God. He loves me and He cares for me. I'm telling you what, if I want somebody to help me, I want it to be the God who created it all. Right? In Isaiah chapter 42, Thus saith God the Lord, He hath he that created the heavens, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, He that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and, and the Spirit to them that walk therein. You want yeah, that next breath you just breathe? Guess who gave that to you? The God who loves me with an everlasting love. That God who cares about me. That God who holds me in His hand. The God who loves me and says, I will help you. I will be with you. I'll hold your hand. I'm here with you. Oh, why don't you love me? Why have you left? I, don't, I want you to realize that in, in the church of Ephesus there, it doesn't say he lost his first love. He said he left his first love. He didn't lose it. He left it. There are people today leaving God for this and that. They're too busy. They're too consumed and too busy with the things of this earth. The things that are not going to pay off in the end. I'm telling you what. Last time I was up here, I was talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. They won another Super Bowl. But you know what? That will mean nothing to anybody on that team that won it. When they stand before God, that will mean nothing. Nothing. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. You left your first love. You've left Him for a football game. You've left Him for this. You've left Him for that. You've left Him for stuff that doesn't matter. Your relationship with Him has drifted away because you're too involved in the world and not enough involved in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It can happen and people are drifting away every day because of it. I'm telling you, there's something too. Hey, there's something too coming to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night. I believe it. I believe this is where we're supposed to be. I believe this is where Christians should be. I believe this is where you get closer to your first love. And you say, I can do that at home. Yeah, you can do that at home. But I'm telling you, there ain't nothing like getting together with a group of believers that believe just like you do and worship the Lord together. I'm telling you, I love the Lord and He loves me. I, verse, chapter 43, verse 11, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. No Savior but Him. He loves me with an everlasting love. Verse 25 of 43, I, 
even I am, am, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. He's not going to remember my sins no more. He's blotted out my transgressions. He's blotted out my sins. How can we not love that guy? Right? How can we not love him who sits on the circle of the earth? How can we not have a relationship with him? How can we deny him a relationship? How can we deny him that? I don't understand. I mean, I've always, I mean, I'm just, I've just been raised that way. I'm church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I've just, that's how I was raised. Does the Bible say you should come to church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night? It doesn't give you exact days, but Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, let me get there. Sorry. <clears throat> Thought I had it marked. Hebrews chapter 10 says this, verse 22 through 25. Let us draw near. Draw near what? What are we drawing near to? That's a question for you to answer. Are we drawing near to the Lord? Are we drifting away from the Lord and drawing near to the other things of this world? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. That's the one that loves me. That's the one that loves me. He's faithful that promised. Right? He promised it. It's going to happen. Because he's faithful. And let us consider one let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Look, this is what this is why we gather. We need to provoke one another to love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. That's, hey, what are we doing tonight? We're assembled together. We're not, don't forsake that. It's, a, it's here. It's in the Bible. If you love me, you'll do my commandments. I believe this is a command from God right here. Not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We ain't getting into prophecy, but the day's approaching. It is. <clears throat> we need to get back to our first love. We need to look to Him. Listen, listen verse... Uh, Revelation chapter 2, back to there, <clears throat> and I'm, I'll be through. In the verse, verse 4 where we picked up, left off, I just want to read it again. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. He's saying, remember. If you've left your first love, remember where you've fallen from. Remember where you used to be. Remember the relationship we used to have. Remember where you've fallen from. Remember these things. Remember where you've fallen. And repent. He said, repent. 
Come back to me. I'm here. Come back to me. Kim, I'm here. Come back to me. Stop drifting away. Stop going in the opposite direction. Run to me, as, as he said this morning. Run to me. Run to Jesus. Don't run away from him. Run to him. He says, remember where whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place. Except you repent. What's he going to remove? He's going to remove his spirit from them? Is he going to remove that? Because he says, he says in verse number three, he walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. The spirit. What's he going to remove? Is he going to remove the spirit from you? I don't, I, what is it? What is it he's going to remove? I don't care what it is he's going to remove because I don't, whatever it is, I don't want him to remove it. So what I'm going to do is repent and Come closer to Jesus Christ. Right? See these, sometimes you get in those places where you don't know the answer to the question, but the obvious answer is just stick with the Lord. I don't want to find out what I might lose. I don't want to find out. I don't want to just stick with the Lord. It's like no questions will have to be answered. What, if, what happens if I do this or do that? Just stay with God. Just stick with him. Why do you, I mean, it's like the, the whole question of losing your salvation, which I don't think you can truly, you can lose your salvation if you've truly been saved. I don't believe it whatsoever. But people want to ask the question, but can I lose my salvation? Why are you asking the question? Why does it matter? Because you want to go out here and live like you want to? Now that you've been saved, you want to go out here and live how you want to, knowing that you're safe and secure because you can't lose your salvation? Well, there's a lot of people doing that. You know why? Because they left their first love. There shouldn't even be a question of can I lose my salvation? You want to know how, you want to, know how to be sure that you're saved? You stick with God. You stay with Him. You stick as close to Him as possible. You don't let Him out of your sight. You're here on Sunday morning. You're here on Sunday night. You're here on Wednesday. If you can make it, I'm telling you what. I'm telling you, I'd be reading my Bible, the daily Bible plan. I'd be reading it. I'd be, I believe I'd be sitting down with my kids and I'd be sharing some Scripture with them. I'm telling you what. It'll be a difference in your life. Just stick with Him. It doesn't matter if you can lose your salvation as long as you're close to God, as long as you're where you're supposed to be. You can't lose your salvation if you're where God wants you to be. You're not going to. Why are we, why are we asking the question? Why is the question being asked? Why? If you're where you're supposed to be, no, you will not lose your salvation. There's the, there's the answer to the question. Am I going to go out on a limb and say you're going to... I'm just going to tell you right now, if you can walk away from the, the love of God like this right here and never turn to Him in 20 years, I'm telling you right now, I'd question whether you truly are saved. I'd question if you ever truly got saved. So you can't lose something you never had. The God who sits on the circle of the earth. The God who will hold my right hand. The God who blotted out my transgressions to never remember them anymore. That same God, if I stay with Him, guess what? I don't have to worry about none of that stuff. If you cannot, if you can depart from Him and never look His way or think about Him in 20 years, you don't know the God that I know. And you're lost and you're going to hell. I'll go ahead and say it. You need to put your faith and trust in that God. 
Not the lowercase g-o-d. I'm talking about the uppercase. You go ahead and capitalize all three letters if you want to. Stick with Him. He will save your soul. He's the one that blots out your transgressions. He's the one that wants a relationship with you. I have somewhat against you. You've left your first love. He's your first love. Ain't nobody else. He's your first love. He loves you with an everlasting love. Oh, he loves you. Even when he was, uh, even though he, even when he was pulling the curtain back on the stars in the sky, he loved you. Even then, he loved you. I'm telling you, when he created it all, I'm telling you, he knew he was going to create you, Bryson. He knew that he was going to create you, Avery. And he said, "I love them with an everlasting love." He said it then, and he's still saying it today. Why don't you love me? Is what he's asking. He said, I'll love you until the end, but why don't you love me? Why are you leaving me? Why are you straying away? Why are you drifting? I'm telling you, it's just like a marriage. You've got to work on that relationship. I'm telling you. Get, hey, I need to get in the good graces with April sometimes. Right? I need to. I mess up. Right? Same with God. Sometimes I mess up, God, and I have to get into good graces with God. I have to get back into His presence, and I, I, have to, I have to ask for forgiveness, and I have to do what's right. I have to quit doing the foolish things of this world and follow Him and trust Him, the one who's holding me by my right hand, the one that says, I will help thee if you just ask me. If you just come to me, I will help thee. I'm holding your hand. He said, I'm, hey, listen, I've got this whole thing. In control. I'm in control of it all. He said, just trust me. I'm in control. Just come to me. I think sometimes I get the picture. God's just sitting there saying, He's watching you just drift away. It's like, just come back. Come on. Come on. Come on back. Hey. Hey. Come on back. Just come over here. Just say, Come back. Don't keep going. It's like that, it's like that dog. You know, they'll start going away from you. Holler at them. You call them. They'll look back at you. Turn around and keep going. Right? You have a dog like that? Then you have to get stern with them. Then they finally maybe will turn around and come back. Don't let God get stern with you. You don't want that. I don't want to be on the opposite side of a angry God. Just come back to Him. And he hollers the first time, say, I'm coming, Lord. Here I come. Josh probably, his dog's probably better than that. He trained his dog better probably than I did. Right? He'll come. See, he'll come to Him, see. But that's, listen, though. There we go. You train yourself under the love of God. You train yourself under the Word of God. You train yourself in a relationship with God. You train yourself Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. You train yourself in the love of God. You'll answer the first time you're called. Right? You might not even get that far away. Right? I just want to be right there beside Him. I just want to be right there, right next to Him. Where He walks, I'll walk. Where He goes, I go. Right? I just want him to know that I love him. 
because I know he loves me. If you have a doubt about his love for you, then I hope maybe you don't anymore. I hope the scripture did not show us that he loves you. He loves you. No matter what, he loves you. If, you're, if your love's wavering, maybe we, need to think, maybe we need to draw closer to him. Maybe we need to come back to him. Listen to a Revelation chapter 2. It says, repent. Repent. Turn from the things that are keeping you away from your first love. Turn from those things. As Josh kind of mentioned this morning, run to God. I told him to quit preaching my message this morning. He wouldn't listen. He just kept on. And I'm just... Listen, as, as we get a song ready. Ain't God amazing? I'll tell you what. I think about that. I think about this. This is... I cannot believe in February, February 16th, 1992, I was all nervous. I had to ask her mom for permission. I had to ask her mom for permission that I could date her. I, you know what? Looking back at it now, why? Why would she want to date me, right? But she did, right? I look back now and think, why would God want anything to do with me? But he does. He does. He cares about me. I think about the God that I just read about. All these verses in here talking about how great that he is. I mean, listen, we're, he says he can hold the waters of the earth in the palm of his hand, the hollow of his hand. I think about how great that he is. That I would be like just a little ant to him. You know what we think about ants, right? I don't want them on my food. I don't want them in my house. And I've stomped a few in my days, right? Because they're little annoying pests. We're like little ants to God. Sometimes we're annoying little pests, right? Amen. April said amen. <laughs> but he doesn't just stomp us. He says, come here. Let me show you where you should be going. Just come back. Come back to me and let me show you how, where you should be going. No, you shouldn't be eating my food. You should be eating your food. <laughs> right? Just think about how great that God is and how he loves us. He loves you. It don't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter... It doesn't matter how annoying you may think you've been to God. He still loves you. He still loves you. And He wants a relationship with you. He wants you. He wants you in the palm of His hand. He wants you there. He loves you. Hey, if nobody else in the world, you think may think nobody else in the world loves you, but I'm going to tell you right now, God loves you, and that's more important than anybody else's love. Anybody else's love. His love is more important than April's love for me and my love for April. His love's more important than that. His love is more important to me than my, the love of my children. His love is more important to me than my mama's love. It's more important. I'm telling you, if nobody else in the world loved me, the God of the God of creation loves me. I'm telling you, He loves you no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing. 